You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you are here. Joining me today is Dr. Mark Hamby. Mark uses stories of Christ-like character to offer Christ-centered hope around the world. As founder and president of Lamplighter Ministries, he's published more than 230 books from 17th to 19th century literature and produced 29 audio dramas heard across 30 countries. He shares how to find hope and healing for the problems in our families, media, culture, and literature. For over 30 years, Mark and his wife, Debbie, have devoted themselves to making ready a people prepared for the Lord. And today's conversation is one that will absolutely speak to the heart of every parent as he helps us see through a look into Proverbs, how to help our thoughtless ones transform into wise and discerning children. There are so many great takeaways in this conversation that I can't wait for you to dive in with me. Before we do though, I wanted to make sure you knew that our TTD live events are going strong and we have several in the works for this fall. We'll be hosting a one-day event in San Diego, California on October uh, 22nd. Then on Saturday, November 5th, we'll be in Washington, D.C. at the Museum of the Bible. We, along with our partners at Trail Life USA, are excited for you to join us there. These one-day events are an incredible way for you to experience the teaching and encouragement that Teach Them Diligently has to offer in a smaller package. So grab your friends and make your plans to join us there. You can learn more about all of our events and secure your tickets by going to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Today's episode is brought to you by AOP. 45 years ago, AOP began its mission to educate, inspire, and change lives through curriculum that promotes academic excellence and Christian values. Today, they're proud to be part of the homeschool journey and countless memories for thousands of families. Discover the benefits of a Christian homeschool education and learn more about AOP's award-winning homeschool options today at aop.com or call them at 1-800-622-3070. Again, get more information at aop.com or give them a call at 1-800-622-3070. And now, without further ado, please join me in welcoming Dr. Mark Hamby to the podcast. I'm so glad to have Mark Hamby back with us again on the podcast this week. Mark is a longtime Teach Them Diligently favorite. Every time he speaks, people are um, just truly encouraged and moved um, to, to think about things in a very different way. So, Mark, I am very glad that you're here. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Great to be here, Leslie. Can you tell us a little bit about Lamplighter and kind of what the Lord is doing over there right now um, so that we can kind of jump off of that into, you know, what we're talking about, about teaching our children to think and be discerning? No, that would be impossible. (laughs) All right. Well, if it's that big, we're going to 
be dedicating three or four episodes just to what the Lord is doing at Lamplighter so we can get it all in. Is that, is that what I'm hearing here? Yeah. Oh, Leslie, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like a dream come true. I think we're in, going around 35 years now, and um, the, wow. the vision has always been, you know, we, we're, we're kind of like a Trojan horse. You know, people know us that we print books, you know, these rare books from the 16, 17, 1800s. Now we do audio dramas. You know, we have, um, you know, the Adventures in Odyssey team that, that uh, helps us do our writing and recording and music and all mm. that. And um, so right now, you know, we've, I think we've got close to 275 books in print and um, wow. 33 audio dramas in, that are being heard in um, 34 countries around the world. So we're just really excited about that. But then we started this, this thing called the Summer Guild, where we bring in master teachers from around the world um, that teach script writing, voice acting, sound design, music engineering, um, stage acting, um, horticulture, culinary. Um, this year we added timber framing to it. Um, so you bring, oh, wow. bring all of that together. And the reason, the reason that I wanted to bring all of that together was I was reading in uh, first Kings where the queen of Sheba came to visit Solomon and she was blown away, not just at his wisdom, but with the way his servants dressed, the way they ate, the food mm -hmm. they prepared, um, the houses they built and their ascent to the house of the Lord. Um, so she was blown away with what she saw. There was excellence in every area. You know, from, from the way they dressed, the foods they prepared, the houses they built. And so I was, I was thinking through that, that God wants us to live in a way that we draw attention to the world. When they see us, they, they ask us, what, what's different about you? You know, there's something different. You know, everything you do is with excellence. Here at the Lamplighter campus, you should see it here, Leslie. It's beautiful. It's you know, God gave One of these days, one yeah. of these days, I'm going to make it up there. It's, it's, a, it's extraordinary. We have this nationally historic church building it's a classic gothic mm. church building stained glass big tower bell tower and uh it's just idyllic you know and then we plant these beautiful flowers all around the campus there's flowers everywhere and i and i got that you know thinking of the books that have influenced me um, there was a story about a man named um lever um l-e-v-e-r you may have run into his soap at one time lever soap do you ever, do you ever, huh. like so? I, that sounds really familiar. Yes. It's still in grocery stores today from the 1800s. So this, wow. this young boy had a fascination with soap and uh, he got his father to fund him to buy an old rundown factory. He sent out, he made the soap. He sent it out to all of the housemaids of London for free and said, if you want, if you like my soap, you can come back and buy, you know, something. Now, the, the orders were like two years in advance. He couldn't keep up with it, so he had to start a factory. He starts this factory, and he becomes a success overnight. And, uh, and he wants something better for his workers. And so he starts building cottages all along the street down toward the factory. And not only does he build these cottages, and they're beautiful, right? They're, they're just idyllic cottages. He also plants flower gardens in front of each cottage, um, brick sidewalks that lead, lead there. People have their own vegetable gardens in their backyard. He creates a school for children. He creates an orchestra for the children um, so that everyone, so that it's not wow. going to a factory working. Yeah, and King George knighted him 
Sir Lever back in the 1800s. And so I'm reading the story and I'm thinking like, wow, you know, this is a guy that makes soap and he gets knighted, you know, Sir Lever. Huh. And, uh, and so I started thinking like, well, we, we need to live like that as well. And so that was part of my inspiration from the Queen of Sheba to Sir Lever making soap that everything we need to do. So around here in the campus, it's just beautiful. There's beautiful flowers everywhere. And, and so in the books that we read, we want to, you know, to, you know, help our children want to cultivate that same type of desire for beauty and excellence and trustworthiness. And so all of the books that we print and all of the audio dramas that we do, they have a, that biblical um, worldview. And it's very simple. Here at Lamplighter, here's who we really are. We believe that God is good. God works all things together for good. God keeps his promises, all 8,767 of them. And then God allows suffering to grow our character so we can experience the deepness of his love. So all of the books, all of the audio dramas have that theme, those themes inside of them so that our children can really grasp that and then vicariously experience it through the reading of the stories or the listening to the audio dramas. And so when we... When we did that, I mean, that's enough to do for a lifetime. But then we decided, no, let's go further. Oh, yes. Let's teach the children how to <laughs> I'm not going to be here forever. Let's train up the next generation to continue this. And so we started bringing master teachers in. And then mm -hmm. the Summer Guild, we did it for 13 years. It became so successful that, I mean, it's like meeting God. You know, you, you, we have re every 13 years in a row, we have had a spiritual revival here every year. Two years ago when Johnny Erickson wow. spoke, Leslie, we were all weeping. There was 130 of us weeping because we thought we were in the presence of wow. Johnny Erickson led us into the presence of God. Then Eric Ludy spoke. And then all of, if picture everyone, you know, audio dramas reaching the high level of excellence, a film reaching the high level of excellence, culinary. They were bringing bacon-wrapped dates with goat cheese inside. Ooh on trays, delivering them to all of the students and teachers around campus. I mean, excellence in every area. Wow. And so when you experience that kind of excellence and beauty and truthfulness and perseverance and godliness in a group setting like that, you just can't be the same. And so we yep. decided to start a college. And so today we're in our third year. That's awesome. We're up to 20 students, and um, we had to buy two 15-passenger vans to trailer them around now. And uh, so um, we're, we're excited. So we bring in all kinds of teachers. This week they're doing visual arts. They're doing oil painting. Um, Dr. Mm. Lusterich one of our teachers. Uh, Dr. Kathy Cook, who I got to hear yes. at uh, Pigeon Forge. As soon as I heard her, Leslie, as soon as I heard her, I'm going like, she's teaching at the Lamplighter Master's She's Day. amazing, isn't she? She's, she's so, so good. So gifted. Yeah. Um, and her message. I, I love sitting there and just kind of watching these kids have light bulbs turn on yeah. as she gives them explanation yeah. for yeah. how God created them and why that's awesome. Yeah. It's really, really amazing. She'll be here all next week, and we just can't wait. Fantastic. So, so the Master's Guild is the college program for um, high school and above. And uh, like I said, we have 20 students here, and it's we're living a dream. It's just unbelievable. They get they eat together. Amazing. They stay. You know, they have their they're not a dorm. They have a you know 1800s Victorian house that they're, they're staying. And, wow. uh, and then what we do during the year, we'll do dramas. So they'll do a dinner mystery theater at the Victorian house. They'll serve the food. <laughs> the people come for a drama. It's really cool. We're doing a musical drama this year. 
We were at the Eastman School of Music last week. We we travel as a traveling team doing drama and music. And last week we were at Salvation Army. You just it's like a portable church. We go in there with thirty people. Wow. You know, and uh, it's just the coolest thing. We're we're wow. living the dream. So that's what Lamplighter Lamplighter is making ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ like character one story at a time. Mm. That's that's amazing. And as you were talking, I was I was just thinking of how little excellence there is. You know, mm. we everything is easy, everything is fast, everything is really kind of dumbed down to the lowest yeah. level in a lot of ways. And I think that so many kids and I I would like to think that homeschool kids do a little bit better with this. Um, but for so many of us, we're in such a rush that we don't take the time to teach our children excellence and to mind the P's and Q's mm -hmm. and to to really, you know, the Bible tells us that whatever we do, do it heartily, do it excellently as unto the Lord and not into man. And we we tend to separate that into just ministry things rather than everything that you do, you're supposed to do with excellence heartily as to the Lord. You know, the word wisdom is the word in Hebrew Hachma, and it's the it carries the idea of skillful excellence, living na navigating life with skillful excellence and discernment. And so, um, when when I think of the word wisdom in Proverbs chapter four, it says it says get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding or discernment. Um, wisdom is the principal thing; therefore, get wisdom. It uses the word get five times, and the word get wow. in Hebrew, the word get in Hebrew is the word for to acquire at a cost, at a high cost. King David said in 2 Samuel 24, 24, I'll not give unto the Lord that which costs me nothing. And so anytime, any, so children today are following after pleasure for the most part. And when you, pop, when you follow after pleasure, you pay a heavy price afterwards. But when you pay the price first, pleasure always follows. But when you follow pleasure first, you become, pleasure becomes your master. And she always, it's always going to cost you something. And so, you know, that, that principle yes. is so important. In, in, in Proverbs 4, it uses the word get, like I said, five times. And it's so important for people to understand. It says wisdom is the principal thing, the chiefest thing. Go after wisdom, but you can't go after wisdom unless you're willing to pay a price. It takes time to study, read books, pursue knowledge, you know, which hmm. brings me to Proverbs chapter 1. Um, you ready for this? Yes, I'm so ready. Okay. I have my pen. I am ready to okay. write it down. So Proverbs chapter 1, Solomon writes that there are five, let me, let me just kind of, four, four main people in Proverbs 1. A simple person, a youthful, knowledgeable person, a wise person, and a discerning person. He lists those four people because that's how we start in life. A simple person is a person who is thoughtless, naive, gullible, and a person who lacks understanding. And literally in Hebrew, the word is fathead. Um, all fat, no brain. <laughs> so everyone starts off as a simple wow. person. And so that simple person, keep, keep this in mind, naive, thoughtless, they don't think things through, gullible, um, and they're easily enticed. Okay? So all children start at that level. The next level is youthful, knowledgeable. And knowledge is the most important next step. They've got to gain knowledge. Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's in chapter 1, verse 7. In chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You can't get to wisdom unless you first gain the knowledge that leads to wisdom. And so a youthful, knowledgeable person, that's the second step. And as parents, 
We need to fill our children, give them the opportunities to grow in knowledge as much as possible. And that's not going to be done on a computer. It's not going to be done with video games. We need to take our children in a wide variety of places. Take them to a, a Philharmonica concert. Uh, take them to see a, a really well-done you know, theatrical performance. Um, take them. We, we just got back from the Museum of the Bible. Wow, that blew me away. The Bible is the main textbook in life. There is no other. It's God's words. God created the universe. There are no other words in the universe that we need to know more than God's words. So we need to spend time with God's word. There's a family in Arizona. In seventh grade, they have their children write out Genesis to Revelation, handwritten. Okay? The whole wow. Bible. Seventh grade, and then they do the lamplighter test. Now, this is not for a sales pitch. I'll just tell you what they do. They read all 270 of the lamplighter books in one year. Oh, my. That's, wow. all, that's all they do for seventh grade. They read all the lamplighter books, and they write out the wow. scriptures, Genesis to Revelation, and the transformation of their character by the end of the year is exponential. It's unbelievable what happens to their lives. So, And then they go on a trip with their daddy to anywhere they want to go in the world. So um, I, I love mm-hmm. that. But we need to surround our children with good books. You know, Leslie, Harry Potter, the dystopian literature, Call of the Wild, all the stuff that's yeah. out there today. It has such – when books are written to establish an emotional attachment – when there's an emotional relationship with the characters of a book, what happens is the children, um, they lose their ability to discern. Whenever you have an emotional attachment with characters of the book, you no longer can discern. You, your value systems are set aside, and you now adopt the values of the story that you're reading. Um, dystopian literature, for example, yeah. carries four main worldviews. Number one, don't trust parental authority. Number two, don't trust mm-hmm. legal authority. Three, don't trust government authority. Number four, don't trust religious authority. Dystopian literature, along with Harry Potter, what these stories do is they create in a child's mind and emotions an emotional attachment that, that they set their, their discernment level aside and they adopt that worldview. And when they do that, one of the things that happens is it creates a tension inside of them to where they... They're, they're posed with a problem in culture and society. You can see it all around us. And they think those that are parents and legal and government, they think they're the problem. And so they've got to change it now. And so they start, mm-hmm. that's what they start doing. They start adopting the worldview of their friends. And that's what Solomon is talking about in wow. Proverbs chapter yeah. 1. Simple person, youthful knowledge, they've got to gain real knowledge. And then after that, Solomon says, they become a wise person. And then after a wise person, that's using knowledge rightly. Then after a wise person, then they gain understanding. Now, this is a different word. It's, it's the Hebrew word binya, um, bain, as uh, the root word. And this word is one of the most important words in all the Hebrew language. It's the word for discernment. Adam and Eve did not receive that level of, of discernment. Because discernment, in this word, it carries the idea of taking knowledge and wisdom and mixing it with spiritual application. You cannot have mm. discernment unless God's spirit allows you to take the knowledge and wisdom that you've gained and now see through God's eyes, no longer your own eyes. And the very first thing that Satan did is he got Eve 
to question God's goodness. God's keeping something from you. And so she, she took herself away from asking God for discernment, and she relied upon worldly wisdom, which led her only to catastrophic events. Mm. So, um, so those are the four stages of, of growth. You got the simple, youthful, knowledgeable, the wise person, and then the discerning person. But watch this. Fools, okay? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and correction. And then it says this. Fools hate something. Guess what fools hate? What do they hate? They hate knowledge. Fools, according to Proverbs, huh. fools hate knowledge. They don't. They 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 want to see the world the way they want to see it. They will adopt the worldview of their friends over the worldview of their parents. And so that's why it's so important we spend time with the Word of God so that we're gaining the true knowledge of God. Why would we want to go to college and listen to a professor giving us a bunch of theories? Why would we want to go to college and learn about learn from textbooks that ha- that are absent from the words of God? It doesn't make sense. Right. It just, it's totally senseless. It's, it's called what a simple person is like. And, and our, our whole Western educational system is, for, for the most part, is devoted to reading things that are not based on God's truth. And so that's what we need more than anything. So mm-hmm. fools, hate with, fools hate knowledge, but then guess what's next? So now you've got five people, simple, knowledgeable youth, wise, and discerning. That's the highest level. But if you go the other way, the simple person will attach himself to a fool who will hate knowledge. And then the worst one is mockers. And that's also in Proverbs chapter 1. And the mocker, um, he despises what wisdom is doing. Um, in fact, it says this. It says in Proverbs one twenty three. it says, turn at my reproof. You mockers, okay? You simple, you fools, and you mockers. In chapter 1, wisdom is giving the three of them, the simple, the fools, and the mockers, she's giving all three of them the opportunity to turn at her reproof. Turn at my reproof, and I'll pour out my spirit to you, and I'll make my words known to you. And it's like, Hmm. but in chapter 9, after they go through all these chapters, it's a story. It's a bedtime story is what it is. Solomon is teaching his son 12 wisdom principles and if he passes these 12 wisdom principles then at the very end in chapter 9 then he's going to have a choice to make am i going to follow folly or am i going to follow wisdom and in chapter 9 wisdom does not give the foolish or the mockers an opportunity to come in she only gives the simple one last option and so it's really really intense and so proverbs 123 um, turn it by reproof. I'll pour out my spirit to you. I'll make my words known to you. That is so, so important. And right after she says this, Solomon lays down the first two wisdom principles. Number one, listen to the correction of your father and don't neglect the teaching of your mother. That's the very first principle that Solomon teaches these five people, the simple, knowledgeable youth, wise, discerning, mm-hmm. foolish, and mockers. Solomon says, number one, the number one thing, hold on to this. Don't neglect, don't despise your father's correction, which, Leslie, dads, dads, one of their primary roles in life is to firmly and gently correct their children, to guide them going in the right direction. I see so many parents today, their children just are not being corrected. You know, they're, 
there are right. a lot, you know, we lived in a day when my dad told me something, boy, if I didn't do it, I'm going to get a spanking, you know? And yep. I still believe that's God's way, you know, spanking for purposeful disobedience or disrespect, um, along as mercy as being engaged as well. You know, God's mercy is to a thousand generations, his judgments to the third mm-hmm. and fourth. But um, children, there's a, there's a whole generation today, I'm watching these parents parent with like, you know, they're, they're afraid to spank. You know, again, purposeful disobedience when mercy's been exhausted and there's disrespect. That, that, that's, that's, I'm probably going to get arrested someday for teaching this stuff, but that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Um, but then, but then there needs to be firm, gentle, loving correction along the way. Correction is not spanking. Correction is just talking to our children, guiding them, helping them to see that they've yep. gone they've yep. gone the wrong way. You know, it's, it, it, instructions to build a swing set is their instructions. They're correcting the way we think naturally. So after after that, um, Solomon says this: um, Don't you know? Don't despise your father's correction. Don't neglect your mother's teaching. Mom is the primary teacher. You know, she's spending the most time in the home with her children, particularly her homeschooling children. And then after that, and this is where we're going to really focus, Solomon says the second most important lesson in wisdom is choose your friends wisely. Um, Mm. We will become like the friends that we associate with. And uh, the word friend, Leslie, yeah. really cool Hebrew word. The word friend means to have a companion. Um, it carries the idea of someone that's close to you so you can care for them, you can provide for them, and you can protect them. And it's also the same word for desire and pleasure. You want friends that you can enjoy. Friends that have your best interest in mind and you have their best interest in mind. And you care, protect, and provide. You enjoy and take pleasure in them. Those five things are essential for true friendship. Okay? You don't want someone that's taking advantage of you. You don't want someone that, you know, that you don't enjoy. The, the, the friends that we have should always bring you out as your best person. The people that you hang around with mm-hmm. make you the best person you are, you're intended to be. And they, they lift you up. But, so if you're around friends that are always putting you down, mocking you, making foolish comments, those are the friends you want to get away from. Stay away from those kinds of friends. And so Hmm. Solomon says, choose your friends wisely, because this is what they'll do. They'll say, come with us. We'll all have one purse. We'll do this together. We'll take advantage of weaker people for greedy gain. It's all in Proverbs chapter 1. And so when you're around friends that are mocking and making foolish statements toward other weaker people, stay away from those kinds of friends. Um, Paul writes, um, bad company corrupts good morals. You just can't be around. And that's why kids today, they're going into colleges. They're around all of this negative influence all day long. You cannot be in those environments without it affecting your soul. Um, now, I'm not saying that a person could never. They've got to be prepared for this, though. They can't just go from high school into a situation like that. Um, lot, Lot, God calls Lot a righteous man. But in Peter, Peter says this righteous man who lived and dwelt among the inhabitants of Sodom, this righteous man, by the things that he saw and the things that he heard, it vexed. The word vexed means mm-hmm. torn apart or tortured. 
it vexed his righteous soul from day to day by the things he saw and the things he heard. So those are the two most important lessons of wisdom. Um, don't neglect your mother's teaching. Don't despise your father's correction, your loving, firm correction, and choose your friends wisely. Um, and the word friend in Hebrew is also the word for shepherd. It's a person who shepherds your heart oh, wow. to protect, care, mm. and provide for you so that you can become whom God has desi- designed you to become, your best person. Wow. Well, how that first of all, that was that was really, really fascinating. It was so helpful. And I was writing as fast as I could because I want to dive into this a little bit deeper on my own even. But as parents who are listening into this, what are some ways that you would encourage them to help walk their children as we are training, as we are teaching, as we are passing on our faith? Um, naturally, intentionally preparing our kids for whatever, you know, God calls them to do in the days ahead. That's our part of our role there is to prepare them well. How would you encourage parents to really engage in helping them move from simple up to discerning, choosing their friends wisely? What are some practical things that we can do? Yeah, it's, this is such a simple answer. Um, we as parents need to get on our knees. We need to cry mm-hmm. out to God. We need to repent. We need to beg God with the most earnest desire of our hearts and say, God, I want fresh wind and fresh fire. I want to fall in love with you so much that I want to, I want to see fire come down from heaven. I, I, Lord, I want to touch the hem of your garment. Lord, whatever is in me that needs to be changed, change me, Lord. Whatever you've got to do in my life so that my children will have a role model to follow, Lord, do it. Lord, I mean business with you. Do whatever. Now, listen. Don't pray that if you're not ready to be completely trans, yeah. transformed. Yeah. I prayed that prayer 25 years ago, and God almost took my life. It was terrible. 13 years, I, Leslie, for 13 years, I had chronic fatigue, ulcerated bleeding colitis, severe depression. Um, oh, I don't know what else I had. Oh, fibromyalgia. It was awful. For 13 years, I was non-functional, and I was... We were living on a farm. I was going to seminary. We got three children. We're homeschooling. I was, I was, I couldn't even be a dad to these, to my children. It was awful. And, and during this time, you know, I would just cry out to God, God, I can't do this. I need your help. You know, and I was working. I was the principal of the school. I had 70 sheep, 22 horses. I don't know why I had all those things, but trying to get my children this, you know, (laughs) house on the prairie, you know, little house on the prairie dream, you know, and Exactly. (laughs) You know what God was doing? God had to bring me to the end of the end of myself because I I was so full of energy and so full of zeal. I was a young Christian. You know, I was ready to write books on parenting when I first got saved, you know. So, (laughs) so, you know, God had to just bring me down to the to the to the bare minimal, you know, and and I just finally had to just crowd to God and say, okay, Leslie, I, I got so sick. I took some medication from um, the Chronic Fatigue Center in Washington, D.C., and this medication was highly addictive, and um, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what addictive meant, and um, after preaching one Sunday, um, I was popping eight pills in my mouth because I needed, I went from a quarter pill wow. to a half a pill to a full pill to eight pills within two months to maintain this level of oh, goodness. strength. In uh, stamina, and I felt during the time I was on the pills, I was amazing. I didn't have any of my ailments, uh, my sickness <laughs> was gone, but I was de- being dependent on, on on a chemical. 
And uh, yeah. I threw them all out one Sunday because I'm like, I don't need these. I don't need these pills. But I had already become chemically dependent upon the, this medicine. Mm. And not knowing what chemical dependency was, um, I ended up over the next several days having severe trauma to my central nervous system and brain. And um, I became non-functional for two years. I couldn't hold saliva in my mouth. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I, my, my muscles became completely distorted. They, my hands were like this. Wow. And I, I no longer spoke at homeschool conferences. It was over with, done. And um, it was at the very beginning of my speaking career, actually. Um, I had only spoken a couple times. But um, during that time, God brought me down to foundational level. And, uh, and I, I was like, okay, Lord. And during this time, my son Jonathan and I were not doing well. He was 12 years old. He told me he hated me. He uh, wow. told me that. I was the last person on earth that he wanted to follow. And um, at 14 years old, he ran away. And uh, God got my attention. And uh, that's when, that's right after that, within two days of that, that's when I prayed, Lord, bring him home. Whatever you got to do, Lord, to change my life. Whatever, if you got to take my life to, say, to save Jonathan, do it. And that two days later, God answers the prayer. Jonathan comes home, and then I become catastrophically sick for two years. And now guess what? Jonathan now has to lead me by the hand when I'm able to walk. The lamb is now leading the shepherd. And, and wow. our relationship starts to be restored uh, because i got to be completely dependent upon him. No longer can I lead my family. I've got to be totally dependent upon my family. And God is humbling me during this time. Wow. And, uh, and two years later, um, God starts to restore me a little bit. I couldn't speak. I had to read. I had to read off my... Um, my paper in order to do a, to do any kind of seminar. And I get invited to the New Jersey Enoch wow. conference in, uh, in New Jersey. It's my first homeschool conference in two years. And I go there to speak. There's about 75 women in the room. And, uh, and I'm reading off this thing that I, I wrote out for the seminar. And uh, within 10 minutes, every woman left the room. Oh, it's wow. Gone. I'm standing there with one woman on the edge of her wow. seat. One woman's on the edge of her seat in the front. And she looks at me and she says, I'm really sorry. She goes, but this is really boring. And she walked out. Oh. And I, I stood there and I just wept. You know, like, God, what, what are you trying to do, Lord? I, this is what I, I love doing more than anything is to speak and, you yeah. know, and share, share books. And my little girl, Jennifer, she was 10 years old. She was with me. She was running the booth. And we drove all the way home. I waited until she fell asleep. I cried all the way home. And uh, huh. Tuesday or Monday, we get a phone call at the Lamplighter office, and uh, we were just getting started. So we didn't have any Lamplighter books published yet. And, uh, hmm. and we get a phone call from, from uh, Pennsylvania. They, um, they wanted me to do a, a, a seminar, and they, they gave me the title of it. And so I go down there, and I'm looking at all the people, and I said, folks, I said, I've got four seminars I could do, but last they want me to do it in the same one I spoke on at Enoch last week, and everyone walked out. <laughs> so well, I'm going to pray, and I'm fully prepared, but I don't know what I'm going to say. So I prayed, asked the Lord for guidance. I looked at the people. There were about 250 people in the crowd, and I said, folks, I said, you know what? I asked my son Jonathan if he played the violin before we started, and he told me no. And I said, and if he had told me that two years ago, 
I would have given him the biggest spanking of his life. I said, but I told him it was okay that he didn't do it. And um, I'm not going to force him anymore. I said, but if he plays at the end of this thing, I'll be really thankful, but he doesn't have to. I said, you know, I, I don't want to do it. I said, I don't think I'm going to do a seminar. I think I'm just going to share about my broken family and what God's trying to do to, to rebuild us and put us mm -hmm. back together. And I shared the story that I share now at your seminars, the shepherd and the sheep, raise them up, yep. don't crush them down. And uh, Leslie, within, at the end of that, there was, everyone was in tears and no one would leave. I went to my booth. Ten minutes later, the, the director of the conference comes and grabs me by the wrist and pulls me out of my booth and drags me back to the, to the place where I was speaking. She brings <laughs> me up on stage and she says, you got to tell these people to leave. They're not leaving. And I, she says, we got another seminar in here. So I, I looked at the people and I said, folks, I said, my, my seminar's done. I said, we, we all need to leave right now. No one left. And an old man, must have been in his 70s, late 70s, he comes, walks up. He's got white hair. He walks up on stage with his handkerchief. And he says, the only way that we're going to leave is if you call everyone up here so that we can call out to God and repent. And wow. I said, whoever, and <laughs> Leslie, everyone came out. We're all up front. We're crying out to God. They had to cancel the other seminar. And, uh, and so yeah. 20, 20, 20 years later, this old, old man walks up to me in, in Florida. And he looks at me. And Leslie, I look at him and I said, it couldn't be you. He goes, yep, it's me. He's in his 90s. <laughs> He's in, he goes, I was oh, there. Wow. I said, you know, sometimes I wonder if it really happened. He goes, he goes, I was the one that came up on stage with you. And I was like, oh, praise God, you know. And so, <laughs> so you asked me the question, what do parents need to do? Um, uh, that was the beginning of the change in my life that was needed for me to really parent my children. I still didn't do yeah. it the greatest. But I, it's not by power. It's not by strength, but by God's spirit. And he needs a humble heart. He needs a parent that is willing to admit wrong in front of their children. And above all, mm -hmm. we need to be so in love with Jesus because he's so in love with us that our children see that on a daily basis. The parent, you know, it's not about the curriculum. It's not about finishing the curriculum. It's about being finished with Christ. It's about letting our children yes. see that, hey, kids, come here. I, mommy blew it. I, I'm really sorry. Can we, can we pray together? I'm really, really sorry. That, that will have a, more of an influence yeah. on your children's lives for eternity than any math, English, science, or history. Um, yeah, we need to finish those things and do things with excellence, but we just really need to get right with God and be in love with him. Be in his word. In, in Proverbs chapter 2, it says this, if you search, yeah. for, search for wisdom more than silver, more than hidden treasure, then you will find the knowledge of God. And guess what will happen? The knowledge of God will protect you, and it will cause you to take pleasure in learning. It'll you'll take pleasure in knowledge. Mm -hmm. Knowledge will become pleasurable to your soul. We want our children to get to that place where knowledge is so exciting, they can't put books down. They can't, get, they can't wait to get to the next yeah. level, you know? And that's, that's how it'll happen. Pursue God, pursue wisdom, be willing to repent, be willing to humble yourself, and ask God to do whatever it takes. Yeah. Yeah. David and I tell people all the time that you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Yeah. And so making sure that who you are, who you know you are in Christ, who how you are growing in him is what you want to see reproduced in your children. 
is a huge guiding, I, I guess, guiding light for those of us as parents who truly want to shepherd hearts and bring our kids to Jesus and give them that foundation. Um, in fact, as you were talking, my heart was rejoicing for a number of reasons, but one is David and I have prayed from the very inception of Teach Them Diligently that God would use this as a revival movement within families and then going out impacting churches and communities and stuff from there. And to hear stories of the way that God has worked in that, that event that you just told, we've heard so many testimonies of the way that God has worked in families' lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is yeah. amazing. And I truly believe that God is a, getting a hold of hearts. And and like it says in what Malachi, turning the hearts of the dads back to the children so that we're seeing this renewed vision for for the, the privileged position that we have as parents and how we can impact our children and generations to follow because we are intentionally pointing them to Jesus and investing in them that way. Amen. You know, that verse you quoted, it's the last verse in the Old Testament, to turn the hearts of the fathers mm -hmm. to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The Old Testament ends with the word curse. The New Testament ends yeah. with the word grace. And um, hmm. the curse, the word curse carries the idea of destruction, but also carries the idea of um, sorrowful labor, um, intense, intensive labor. In, in the garden, God gave a curse to Eve and gave a curse to Adam, and both are the same Hebrew word. In sorrow, she'll bring forth children, and in sorrow, he'll bring forth the fruit of the ground. And this word sorrow is literally the idea of intensive labor, labor that leads to mm. perspiration and frustration. So when we live under the influence of the curse, we're always going to try to make things happen on our own, and it's always going to lead to frustration. Grace, on the other hand, Grace is the is the idea of outstretched arms. You can't earn it. You can't do it yourself. Grace is free as a free gift. And when we parent our children with outstretched arms, um, what we're telling them is that we love them. This is this, this is what Jesus did on the cross. It, it's he he demonstrated grace with his outstretched arms. In grace, when our children see this, they're 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 invited to come to us, you know, so that we can hold on to them. That's what God does with us. He invites us so that he can hold. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so that, that, that verse you quoted is so key because in the New Testament, Luke 1.17, Luke requotes it. But guess what he does? He leaves yep. something out. So in the New Testament, he took the curse out. And he says this, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord, to turn the hearts, to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so... He, he doesn't use the word fathers there. He says to turn the disobedient children to the wisdom of the fathers. So a father needs to live a life of wisdom so that his children has an example to follow. That's the key to um, yeah. that verse there in, in Proverbs and, or in Malachi and uh, Luke 1, 17. It's actually the, the mission statement here at Lamplighter. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is amazing. Well, well, Mark, we are about out of time, but I want you to tell everyone where they can connect with you, find your resources. Um, I'll be sure and put lots of links in as well, but um, okay. I want you to tell them where they can find and and toss in there where you would start. If they have not yet taken advantage of the Lamplighter resources, where would you have them start? What's the best book for, for families to start with? Yeah. So for children um, 11 and under, well, Preschool would be our, probably our um, trusty collection. Teaches great character with a little train. Mm. 
Um, for children six to eleven, we have a book called Teddy's Button. It's the best children's book I've ever come love across. Love that book. Guess what? Oh, we found I love a, that book. We found a companion book. It's called The Runaway, The One Runaway Darling. It's about a little girl like Teddy. It's amazing. So, oh wow! So we just found that and printed it. So those two books, Teddy's Button and The Runaway Darling, just build character. It teaches you know that true friendship. You know you learn that you you don't win the battle with hate, you win the battle with love, and your greatest enemy is yourself. So that's for young children. And then for older children, boy, there's so many. But I think um, Ishmael is one of our top books. Yeah. Ishmael yeah. and Self-Raised, that's a great book. And then there's a there's a book called The Giant Killer, Killing the Giant of Hate, Selfishness, and Pride. Mm-hmm. Um, they, all they need to do is call us at our toll-free number, 888-THE-LETTER-A-GOSPEL, and we'll guide parents to uh, help them to know what's best. Once we know the children's ages, and what character they want to develop. We have a great staff here. When you call Lamplighter, you're not going to get a recording. Um, if you call during the daytime, we have people that actually answer the phone. Leslie, it frustrates me so much. Anywhere I call today, i got to go through this whole litany of recordings. It's awful. I know. So, uh, so that's that. And then also we have a podcast. We, um, I interview all kinds of um, theologians and teachers that know the Bible well. It's called Fasten Like Nails. So they want to listen to our daily Hmm. Uh, and weekly podcast, Fasten Like Nails. And then audio dramas. I mean, our number one is Sir Malcolm and the Missing Prince. It's outstanding. And if you want, if you have older children, uh, Treasure of the Secret Cove is uh, they're amazing. So just call us, 888-THE-LETTER-A-GOSPEL, or go online, thelamplighter.net. And then if they want to know anything about the college, it's uh, the Master's Guild. So, um, yeah, we're here to serve. So we're we're here for... Until Jesus returns, we're going to go right to the wall, and um, we are going to make mm-hmm. God, God's word known in the public discourse. So, well, thanks, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Mark, thank you so much yeah. for, for joining us today. It's been, it's been a joy, as it always is. So I'm very grateful for you spending your time with us. Thank you, and blessings to you and David. Everyone else, thank you for... Thanks. Thank you for hanging out with us today as well. I pray that this has been a great encouragement. It's given you a lot to think about. So dive in, really search this out. If you are a Teach Them Diligently 365 member, I would encourage you to go listen to some of those sessions that Mark alluded to. Go much deeper with him and then make your plans to hear him uh, wherever you find him speaking in the days ahead. He is a fantastic speaker and your heart will be encouraged greatly. Make sure that you check out all of those resources that Mark mentioned. I will link them in the show notes, so go check those out. And have a great rest of your day. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.